You're listening to Live Alive Podcast, a weekly dose of motivation right in your back pocket. I'm Jordan Johnson. And I'm Anissa Johnson. We're We're your hosts. hosts. Every week, we share thought-provoking conversations created to inspire you to bring the best version of you into everything you do. Think of us as the guide as you journey towards realizing your vision of successful and fulfilling life. Whether you're climbing the corporate ladder, building a business, or dreaming of being a stay-at-home parent, we're here to help you cultivate passion, purpose, and motivation in your everyday life. All right. Hey, good people. What's going on? Today, um, we're going to be talking about the inner voice. That's right. inner voice. It sounds so mysterious, but I promise you it's not. Nope. We're going to break it down, um, get into that a little bit and how um, we all have it. We all deal with it. We all use it. And uh, let's get into the particulars, though. I'm excited. I feel like I always say that. I'm particularly excited now. I always say that as well. Um, but the inner voice is, is, um, is something that's like really powerful. So I think we're going to kind of dive in and, um, get into it a little bit. Anissa, um, you, we were talking right before this, before we kind of get, got into the episode and you had some thoughts on like how that's shown up in your own life. Maybe you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that we want to do with this episode is really bring awareness to, um, our thoughts. Um, We have uh, tens of thousands of thoughts every day. Most of them are subconscious. And so um, what I really want to do here is to just kind of talk about how this inner voice and this self-talk, it happens at a very young age. It's not something that, you know, just comes about, but um, it's something that you've always had. It's something that we've always had. And so the story that I'm about to share with you guys is actually from when I was very young, like maybe 10 or 12. Um, and I used to run summer track and I ran the 800. Um, the 800 meter is, um, two laps around a track. Um, and it's pretty much a full on sprint. So, um, I, believe that when this happened, I had recently started running the 800. So I had recently, um, started to become a longer sprinter. So, um, I was pretty good. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say it. Nothing bragging. <laughs> I was, was going to say, good. I was pretty good. No, I bet you were. I bet you were. Um, I was pretty good at this race and that's why they made me run it. And, um, I saw success in comparison to the people that I was running against. Um, but as anybody who's ever maybe done, um, any types of sports or weightlifting or anything like that, you have what's called a personal record. Um, and at the time, you know, my personal record was probably about two minutes, 10 seconds or two minutes, 13 seconds, something like that. I had never broken two minutes in 10 seconds. Um, and how you kind of measure your pace um, in summer track, we were allowed to have one coach on the field. So I had a coach that would sit at my split, which was at the begin- at the end of the first lap. Um, and this coach had was you know yelling out my split, um, and she was saying as I'm coming across the end of the first lap, she's saying you know 53, 54. 55. That means it had only been 53, 54, 55 seconds. Um, so that meant that I was on pace to well beat the 
two minutes and 10 seconds. Um, and I was thinking in my head, as soon as she started to tell me, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to break two minutes if I keep up at this pace. And I'm like, there's no way that I can break two minutes. I've, I've never even broken two minutes and 10 seconds. So how am I going to finish this race at this pace? And, um, I didn't <laughs> spoiler alert. I did not finish the race at that pace. I, I believe that I broke two minutes and 10 seconds. I might've got two minutes and eight seconds, but the, the fact of the matter is immediately after she was sharing my split, yelling my split, I began to pull up. I began to slow down because I was afraid that I was going to run out of gas and we'll never know if I was going to run out of gas because I, I finished the race about as tired as I normally do. I didn't pass out or anything. Nothing bad happened. Um, I barely broke my personal record, but I probably could have shattered a, a record um, and proven to myself that, you know, my limits were beyond what I could imagine and that my my brain in that instance had kind of held me back. Um and at the time, no, I didn't know what was going on in my brain. <laughs> um, but now, um, knowing what I know about the brain, what it, knowing what I know about our thoughts and how um, how we're essentially programmed, I can look back on that story and on that memory and almost get to some of the beginning of what my default thoughts um, were at the time and in some cases even continue to be um, in my adult life. Yeah, you talked about, thanks for sharing that story, your default thoughts. Were you telling yourself, like, what, what do you imagine or recall like your thoughts were when she heard, when, when your coach was yelling out your splits and your times? Like, what do you imagine you were telling yourself? So there were two thoughts. There was like the one thought that was really positive that was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to break my record and like, I'm going to have maybe under two, maybe I could be under two minutes. Um, but immediately following that, you know, positive thought was the like what if I don't make it like I always had this fear I think of just like almost falling out like I wasn't going to be able to literally finish the race because I was so tired um and so I never the the, the result of that was that I never even pushed myself to that point um so it was almost like a state of protection mm -hmm. um to to me I think but also I think there was also the fear of in that moment, and this is um, this is probably a little deep, but the fear in that moment could have also been the fear of success and like what comes with if you do meet that high rate of success, then you have to continue to meet it, and and maybe I don't want to. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's heavy. That's that's heavy. So you know, did you feel like any of those were like actually like the default thought? Like what came up first? Was that I was going to run out of gas. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the result of me running out of gas was that I wasn't going to like win. Um, and I don't think I did win. Um, I beat my I beat my personal record, but I don't think that I won. So my default thought in that instance created the very result that I was trying to avoid. Um, I also think like that state of protection, like because I did pull up at the end of the race, I was like, oh, well, I didn't win, but I had more left in the tank. And I, I pro if I had if I had emptied out the tank, I would have won. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. It's almost like it gives us this, at least thinking about from that instance, and it makes me think about others for me too, of like this kind of automatic out, this like default excuse that we can pull from yeah it's 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 a way to protect yourself to from protect, disappointment yeah. 
right? And so I think disappointment, discomfort, our brain in its primitive ways will equate those things with literal death. And I've talked about this before, that our brains are hardwired to protect us. And a lot of times in this modern world, the protecting that it is doing is really from um, emotional pain, discomfort, um, and really being stretched. So I think in in that moment, I, I probably really did think like, you know, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die. die. Um, but it probably that wasn't going to happen. So, uh, you know, it's just the default was to protect myself from, I believe, the disappointment of emptying out the tank and still losing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Amy said some interesting words there, particularly like you use default a lot. And hearing you say default, it's like very interesting to me. Um, you know, one, because, you know, that was obviously some really good example of some inner voice talk, some inner voice chatter there from yeah. the young Anissa rounding the tracks, running those experiences. Tell us a little bit more about what you feel the, the default in that sense, right? There was a lot of thoughts you could have had. There was a lot of um, considerations and um, talk you could have given yourself, but you defaulted to these, to these negative things seemingly. Like, what's, what, what do you think that's about? Yeah, so when I say default, I definitely view our brains as programs. So when you have a default setting, um, that setting is there for a purpose, but usually the default setting is really just enough to get you through, like just enough to do the bare minimum. Um, And when you start to have something like a system upgrade um, or, yeah, a system upgrade, that's what we'll call it, um, then, then you, you start to unlock different aspects of, of your life. But when we're speaking about operating in the default, there's a lot of, um, restrictions that come with that. Um, and so I believe that this happens to, to all of us. And I think one of the interesting things when we were talking earlier, Jordan, you and I were having difficulty kind of illustrating, you know, what is the default, um, thought look like? Um, and how can we illustrate this? And I think that's just a testament of, of the reprogramming, which we'll, we'll talk about later. But, um, when it comes to the default, a lot of times it's for protection, but it's also for operating how we believe that people in our lives and our sphere of influence or, um, you know, in society believe that we should be operating. Mm, yeah. Um, and so for those of you guys listening, I think when we talk about default and we talk about the inner voice, that example that I shared, I want to be very clear as a child, I was not that um, self-aware, but looking back, I can see how there were thoughts that crept in that prevented me from getting my desired results um, or what I thought at the time were my desired results, which were to win and be a really great track athlete. Um, And that manifests itself for us in so many different ways um, in all stages of our lives. So I think, you know, for me, it even comes up at work, Um, you know, 
thinking to myself that, you know, maybe I'm too young to lead a team. Um, thinking to myself that there's, there's no way for me to win. I think for me, that's another Mm. default. I, I tend to default to thinking to winning and, and losing. Um, and every one of those thoughts is associated with a feeling like whether I feel inadequate, whether I feel like I'm at a disadvantage, it's going to make me behave in a certain way. And it's not going to make me behave in my most expansive way. And I think that's the downfall of our default settings of our default thoughts and of our allowing our inner voice to just run away with itself without checking it. Yeah. Well, I love, I love thinking about it in that sense, run away with ourself without, without checking it. Cause it's like, to me, it's kind of like the garden analogies a, a little bit, like the default of like the gar- the garden regardless of what's planted there like it's going to be some for some random grass and weeds to grow that's just what nature does like mm-hmm. foliage is going to pop up and like these inner thoughts are something that we have to be pretty intentional about in curating uh, otherwise like the default stuff that's there is 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 gonna pop up like that weeds that foliage so to speak um, it's gonna it's gonna pop up, and I like thinking about it in that way though, because it's it's something to to that you want to prune a bit, and yeah. that's where I think my mind was going with the garden. Oh my gosh, are you analogy. talking about the ivy? Uh, well, we do have we a, have ivy. We do have an uh, <laughs> ivy situation um, in in our uh, front area of our of our lawn. Yeah, uh, and it's awful. And it is, it is, it is awful. But some days it's really pretty and some days it's like, oh, that's cool. We could like let that ride out. And then that's, it jumps on the house. There's no days for me that it is very, it is very, <laughs> it is very pretty. The fact that I know that it's Ivy is just, it drives me nuts. Well, and I think that, that in and of itself though is what default is. It's, you know, something that you may or may not notice or you may or may not view as a threat, but if you let it get out of control, it can take over your mm-hmm. entire garden. Yeah. It can take over um, your your what it is that you are actually trying to grow can be taken over with something that is um, a bit of an infestation. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's like if you think about what the ivy does, it chokes out everything else. Yep. Like there's only so much oxygen to go around for the plants' perspective. And I'll let me get off the plants for a second. Like there's only so many voices that we're going to listen to mm-hmm. and you know the defaults being so centered on defaults of our inner voice being so oftentimes centered on protecting to your point like you called it like these positions and views of like our circle and our peers protecting these personas mm. that we are either built up or think we need or, or some of the persona may even just be a self-guided position around like our current state like i think sometimes my inner voices try to tell me that i'm can't do something because i'm you know so you know tired or i haven't eaten and that very may well may be the the case but there's also a, a high likelihood that you know i could push through and be successful in that in that feat um yeah. but the default is just trying to protect me like, yeah well and i think what it is like and I'll go back to our brain being a program. Once you tell a computer how to run, it is going to run the program that you give it. 
Um, so if I am telling myself, and I'll go back to my anecdote earlier, if I'm telling myself I'm going to run out of gas and I'm not going to win, then my brain says, okay, well, that's, that's the program that we're going to run. Um, and so it runs that program. And so you might have programs that are running and you don't even know it. So you're seeing these results in your life and you're trying to figure out why this is the way that it is or why you're having certain feelings that you're having. And I think sometimes we get really caught up in quote unquote negative thoughts. Um, but our thoughts and our programming, our default is really anything that is going to keep you in your current space um, Mm. and not allow you to expand beyond it. And so sometimes that can be sneaky. Sometimes that can be you, um, you know, wanting to appear humble that, which isn't a bad thing. Humility isn't a bad thing, but if your humility is making you smaller and not allowing you to expand into your full potential, then it's limiting you and it's a default. Um, Sometimes it manifests itself, particularly for women, as being nurturing. You know, I want to I want to nurture my husband. I want to nurture my family. I want to nurture my household. I want to nurture my kids. But you forget to nurture yourself. Um, I think about the times where, let's say, it's something that a person who might be pretty selfless um, Mm -hmm. might, might be in this situation where, you know, we're all, you know, hanging out. It's like, okay, guys, what do we want to eat for dinner? Where do we want to go? One person suggests um, uh, Italian, another person uh, suggests Mexican and another person suggests pizza and the selfless person, they really want Mexican food. They just, they're like, man, Mexican food. Let's, let's go for Mexican food guys. Like, that's what I want. And, and everybody else is like, oh, well, you know, I could do pizza or I could do pasta, you know, let, let's do pizza. And the, the person who is defaulted to being selfless is, is gonna go, get in line with what everybody else is, is saying or doing. And that compliance is viewed as an admirable characteristic in our society. Like, oh, they're so selfless. They're so easygoing. And they just, you know, want to make everybody happy. And that's great until that selfless person has to be selfish in order to be expansive. Mm. Um, They have to put themselves first, whether that's through an investment. um, And usually it is something bigger. So maybe it's making an investment in their development or their career development or their personal development. Um, Maybe it is... And that person might have like shared finances or something like that. So, so if that's the case, that big decision, they're going to be selfless and say, oh, well, you know, we could use that money for something else rather than investing in that personal development and allowing themselves to become more expansive. And believe it or not, those thoughts about being selfless, whether we're talking about choosing dinner or we're talking about, you know, um, using family finances to invest in your development and something that's going to make you more expansive are the same thought and that's the same default programming. And so either way, it could be limiting you in one way or another. So we talked a little bit about how the default and how your inner voice can impact how you show up and how it can limit you. And of course, we're not going to leave you with that. Um, we, we definitely want to give you some tools to um, take that programming to, to reprogram it a little bit, right? Um, so Jordan, can you share how can we use this inner voice to um, unlock that more expansive version of ourselves? You bet. Of course. Uh, well, first, we tell that inner voice to shut it. No, I'm just kidding. 
Um, <laughs> you know, really just thinking about it, and we were um, considering a lot of the inner voice challenges we've had and stuff before we got onto this episode. So I'm going to tell a little short story, you know, right after this. But the three things that we wanted to, to, to leave you guys thinking about and how we're shifting that inner voice from the default into something that could be used for good is to one, becoming aware of it. Like that, just like any process or any challenge, being aware of it is step number one. So the same goes for this case as well. Two, interrupting that. Like you've gotta disrupt that default um, in some some way. And we'll talk a little bit here in just a second on how you can do that. And then thirdly and lastly, reframing that. Reframing that you know, negative side or default, just just of an inner voice that's not taking you in the direction that you want to go in and grow in, it's not benefiting you, how you can reframe that um, to be good uh, for you. So it made me think about um, some experience, a lot of my experiences are gym and fitness related, <laughs> um, but because, I mean, I due to my goals and, you know, the growth in the future self that I see for me, um, I'm in the gym a lot and I, you know, try to be there a lot and try to be successful at that frequency. But because of that, man, sometimes I can go, um, to the gym and I just do not have it in me. Like one, I don't want to be there or two, I'm tired for some reason or unmotivated. And it made me think about just some weeks ago, I think about this scenario, particularly because it just it just fit fit here um i'm probably about maybe a quarter of the way through my workout and and what i just realized that um i've been telling myself the entire time thus far in this exercise is that man i'm I'm so tired like i'm man let me i'm barely making it through each of these sets let me just see if i can get through the next i'm barely making it through this i'm barely making it through that and being aware of that or becoming aware of that was a bit was a bit challenging. I think to do so, it kind of took me slowing down a little bit. Like sometimes I think you have to realize that completion of something isn't everything and it's maybe worth pausing to assess like how things are going. Mm. Um, you know, I was so set on just kind of trying to drag through, fight through get through in this lackadaisical way of this exercises that I really wasn't getting out of it what I should have been getting out of it. So, you know, what ended up happening is I slowed down. I kind of paused for a minute. I don't typically sit down when I'm working out. I try very hard not to. Um, but I sat down and just thought like, man, I'm dragging. I'm dragging. And um, the disruptor or interruption kind of came from the self-talk that I tried to actively start giving myself. I started using my own name. I started saying, Jordan, like, you, towards the end of the workout here, you've got an opportunity to go harder, to step up, like to keep going. Um, Jordan, like you can do more. Come on, you can do this. And I think hearing for me, and I think this could be the case for a lot of us, you know, you, you can struggle with taking your own advice. Um, sometimes it seems like if I'm sitting down with someone and that person tells me to do something or gives me some advice, I'm going to hear it differently than knowing inherently myself what I should be doing or what I have to do and trying to stay in line with that. You know, sometimes hearing it from someone else, from some outside party, it it lands different. It just sounds 
a bit different and that can make significant impact. So saying my own name made all the difference for me in, in having an interruption, a disruptor to kind of break up those thoughts. Um, and that's where the reframing kind of comes in, comes in. Um, really trying to tell myself what was the real ground of truth. Like the thoughts that I were having were, were defaults to try to protect how I was feeling. Like mm-hmm. exercising is putting your body through pressure. Um, it's the same way a lot of things are that result in growth. They put you through pressure. They put you into challenges, into problems and situations where you have to work your way out of it. And when you work your way out of it, you're better for it. You're stronger. You're smarter. You're closer towards that future self that hopefully we're all pushing towards. But to go through that, it hurts. Absolutely. And I think my, your mind's just trying to protect you as, you, as you hinted at, Anissa, from experiencing that and having to feel that. So talking to myself in that way, using my own name, telling myself what was really ground truth, though. And what I mean by ground truth is just not what I'm necessarily thinking or not what my peers may have been telling me that, you know, about their struggles, maybe going to the gym in the morning, got me thinking about how hard that is. Ground truth to me was, you know, what I was really feeling and capable of in that moment and telling myself that and exposing that, shifting the inner voice in my mind from laying out all these caveats and these watchouts and telling myself that, you know, hey, hey, Jordan, like go and 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 walk forward, push through like you can do this. That's actually the that's actually the truth. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It's it's almost like your your brain was kind of telling you that, you know, as long as we're here, that that's good enough. You know, I didn't feel like it today, but I, I'm here. I made it. But you weren't getting out what you went in for. And so you took that opportunity to pause and to um, take your awareness towards that default thought, interrupt it and reframe it so that you could get out what you what you went to the gym for in the first place. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a good way to look at it and, and ultimately to sum it up. Like the I mean, one thing too, a thought just trying to tell myself in those in those reframed positive inner voice talks is that you know just showing up and just being here um for the goals that i want to achieve is not enough facts um awesome so we shared with you a little bit about your default thoughts and your inner voice and how you're running these programs throughout your brain every day all day um and so we just want you to you know Call attention to that. So the next time that you are in a situation, in a relationship, whether you're at work or, um, you know, with your friends or you're pushing yourself towards something that is uncomfortable and maybe you're not getting the results that you want, um, take a look at uh, your inner thoughts. Take a look at your inner voice and take a little bit of inventory. What are you telling yourself about that situation? Are you speaking life into it or are you speaking death into it? And can you take a pause, interrupt your default and reframe it for the results that you want to get? Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope that it leaves you feeling inspired to actively pursue your goals and live alive, whatever that means to you. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, tell us what you think by leaving a review. Reviews help more people like you discover the podcast. I'm Anissa Johnson. And I'm Jordan Johnson. We'll see you next time on Live Alive Podcast. 